Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. This is Dawn, and welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch. I'm here with Dina. Hello. There she is. We're in two different places, damn it. Um, Let's see. Uh, Here we are with episode, no, season five, episode 12. Isn't that right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yay. I can't believe it. Um, Dina's got the big story for you tonight. Uh, we have all the social medias. I just, Dina and I were just talking. I have to tell you all this. I don't know what is going on with my brain, but I can't remember the second half of a sentence that I'm trying to say. And I have no organizational capabilities anymore. So sorry about this whole introduction. Anyway, we're on all the social medias. Um, There may be, you may hear Elvis hurling himself at the door. I don't know about your dogs, but she said her kids might come over. Um, My dog will bark if my kids come over. So you get it all in one. Uh, Dina's website or Wi Fi has already gone down. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But, you know, we do the best we can. Um, If you like us, and I have read some really great stuff this week, please subscribe and give us five stars or whatever, thumbs up or whatever. We release on the 1st and the 15th. Um, We have a Patreon. Thank you to our uh, patrons. We couldn't do it without you. We have a website, ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. Um, I got a message from Google today saying that they are leaving the podcasting uh, world. And I know that we have oh. some listeners that listen to us on Google. So you'll have to find us on any other podcast platform because we're on all of them. Um, and, uh, oh, and I do want to say, because I sent this to Dina and then I'll do the drink, but I got to find it now. So I read Reddit um, and Max's why, no, I'm so sorry. Hold on. This may be an edit point. I have to look it up because I sent it to Dina. Uh, No, what is this? Um, Missouri Ozarker, who also has a podcast, and I'm sorry, Guy, I uh, don't have it in front of me right now, but he said, Last episode, this was my favorite episode of an excellent podcast. Aww. Thank you, Missouri Ozarker. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, and I've got the drink too, right? So, do you like it? Dina doesn't like it. I like it, so I don't give a what she thinks in this case. She doesn't like it because it has bourbon in it, but you I can't don't like bourbon. Taste the bourbon, so really, well, I can taste it in mine, so Whatever. maybe I made it wrong. That's because you didn't make it right. Okay, so this is called, and Dina will tell you why later, the big bluff. And it uses one and a half ounces of bourbon, two teaspoons of Chambord or any other raspberry liqueur, three ounces of cranberry juice, a half an ounce of lime juice. Okay, here's what got me. Three raspberries and three blueberries. Did I have to go to Aldi's and buy raspberries and blueberries? I did. I did. I have both of those things in my drink. 
and you use a highball glass, which, okay, I didn't, but, um, so I did. you did. Okay. I did. You muddle raspberries and lime juice in the bottom of a shaker. Which sounds great. I'm with you. Okay. With y'all in the raspberries and lime juice. Yep. Then you add bourbon. I know that's what- Oh, you lost me right there. And now I'm gone. No, I love it. You add bourbon, raspberry liqueur, the cranberry juice, and ice, and you shake well. Then you don't strain. You pour the whole thing into a highball glass and garnish with them damn three blueberries that you paid like $3.99 a pint for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to rot in my refrigerator probably oh. unless I figure out how to make something with them. You can make pancakes, blueberry pancakes. Or something. I love them. I just eat them like candy. Anyway, I like it. So there, I think it's good. I, I would like it if it had vodka in it okay. or rum. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. The first sip, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And the second sip, I was like, nope, there's the bourbon. Oh, see, that's how it. I feel about tequila. You could, you could deep fry chocolate covered tequila and it would make me puke. Yeah, I don't mind tequila. Well, I, I mean, know. I don't like do shots of tequila unless it's that coconut tequila we bought in Mexico. And then I can, I don't want to do a shot of that. I just want to sip on it. Yeah. Nope. It's yummy. Smell it from a mile away. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So that's the drink. When Skitter and I were dating. Wait, I have a story. When Skitter and I were dating, he and Chad would do tequila shots all night long and then they would come home and pour like a 16 ounce glass of milk a glass of milk before they went to bed both of them would do that (laughs) just me sitting there going i didn't even drink the tequila and i want to throw up for you so i have two stories first of all remember our friend pam who used to do was our saints and hooch she is a tequila queen and they had a tequila party at the theater where she worked for a million years and she used to force me that's what i said to <laughs> shoot tequila at the party i i had to do one and i swear i held my nose and here's why my other friend alicia that i just saw a couple of weeks ago one time took me i swear alicia i think it was across the border i don't know we were in texas somewhere and we took yeah. off and we drank so much tequila, I think we probably may have had a little alcohol poisoning. And we were both sick as dogs the next day. And she said, I mean, we both were talking about how we could not stand tequila after that trip. I mean, neither one of us have ever been able to even smell it. So don't overdo it on the tequila shots or you will regret it. Well, I don't like Tequila shots. I like tequila drinks. No, sorry. I can't even, I can't do, I mean, like I would really have to substitute something. It like totally makes me sick. So, all right, well, get on it, get on this story. Cause I don't know what you're even talking about. All right. So a few weeks ago, it was my husband's birthday and um, his boss had actually, um, given us the idea to go and tour um the top of the rocks in ridgedale to go tour the um lost cavern or no 
Lost Canyon Cave Tour. Sorry, words are hard. I just opened a show last night and I'm exhausted. So there's my ed my edit point right there. It's tired. Be nice to me. Okay. So um anyway, if you're local, go do this. So what you do is you rent a golf cart. It takes you on a scenic tour of the property and it includes a cave, a covered bridge, and several scenic overlooks. You can get out, you can walk around, you can take pictures. It's just nice. Um, also, as soon as you pull into the cave, there's this little nook on the right and it's called the Bat Bar and they have drinks. And so you can buy a drink and a little koozie with a bat on it. And then you drive your little golf cart around with your drink. And then about three or four other places, there's girls standing with other golf carts that have coolers of these canned drinks that you what? can buy more of if you want more so that was it was super fun it was it was big fun anyway i'm not sure that's a great idea that you're driving carts and drinking but at least, at least it's not very cars fast. right so i guess that's okay yeah at least it's not very fast mm -hmm. but anyway i say that to say this included in that ticket this museum you can go tour a museum. Now, did I know that Johnny Morris had a whole ass museum in his Top of the Rock? No, I did not. And it's not like a, a little, like, it's not like the Ralph Foster Museum. It's not a little museum. It is a whole ass museum that takes up a huge building, right? Hmm. Um, like it took us an hour and a half to two hours. I know that we were at the halfway point and Scooter, because before that, we had been like looking at everything, reading everything. We watched a little movie. We got about halfway through it and I was looking at the map. They give you a map. And uh, I was looking at the map and Scooter was like, I'm hungry. How much longer is this? And I was like, oh, honey, we're not even close. We're like halfway through it. But just um, just some ideas here. He has Lincoln's writing desk. Is in a museum in Branson slash Ridgedale, Missouri. That just here. blows my mind. Uh -huh. He also has Sitting Bull's War Vest. I just... Do you think it it's crazy real? to me? Do you think it's real? Yes, yes I do. Buy a writing desk and say it was Abraham Lincoln's. Uh, no, because if you saw this, I mean, it is, it is museum qual. I mean, if you, you, it's like going to a museum in a large city. It's just, anyway, he also has, um, I know I'm adding this with those big, huge things. He has Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday costume from Tombstone. Okay. That I believe. I can believe um, and it may be a little bit weird that I added that, but it is one of our favorite movies. Like it was our camper movie when we used to camp in the camper and it'd be too wet to go play outside. We would pick a movie and it was always Tombstone because we liked it. So anyway, I, I, I'm digressing. Anyway, the museum has a lot of information on the bluff dwellers of the Ozarks. So Sorry, Johnny Morris has an enormous collection of arrowheads that he has been accumulating since childhood. And there are a couple of other collections of arrowheads there, too, from um, several different gentlemen, I think. Um, the information on the bluff dwellers stuck a chord in me and it reminded me that we had talked about them in passing, but we had never followed through and doing anything on them. So here is here is my follow through. This is what I'm talking about. 
Um, I want to talk first about the Bluff Dwellers Cave, which is located south of Knoll, Missouri, which is quite a ways west of us. It is in southwest Missouri. So in 1925, Arthur Browning was checking traps on his property his family had owned his whole life when he came across a cool breeze blowing from a limestone outcrop. It was here the Bluff Dwellers Cave was discovered by Mr. Drowning. Drowning. Lord. Mr. Browning, when he brought back help. Bob Ford and Brian Kilmore, employed by the highway department, helped Arthur Browning move loose rock and debris so that he could explore. Excavation began from a small basketball-sized opening. It was amazing to find a cave so large and intricate on land that Mr. Browning, now in his 40s at this time in 1925, had lived his entire life. Two natural openings were found that had been hidden by a landslide that had occurred over 2,000 years ago. On the outside, you would have never have guessed a cave to be there until they began moving the large slabs of limestone. Two years later, in 1927, Bluff Dwellers Cave was opened to the public for tours. The cave is still owned by the family, currently owned and operated by the grandchildren of Arthur Browning. Um, it is open year-round, and I have included their information um, from their website on our extras page on our website, on our website. Um, what Mr. Browning discovered while he was excavating the loose rock and dirt to further explore were substantial artifacts, including arrowheads, grinding stones, tools made of bone, and skeletal remains of the early Native American inhabitants. And these dated back um, as early as 5000 BC. The recognition and the naming of the Ozark Bluff Dwellers culture was first attributed to Mark Harrington, a representative of the Museum of the American Indian. It was the Hay Foundation in New York. In the early 20s, Mr. Harrington, with a crew from the museum and often assisted by local residents, conducted a series of trial explorations in the Ozarks. He subsequently centered most of his activity in Benton and Carroll counties of Northwest Arkansas. Um, and there, this is where several dry shelters were found with the aid of native guides. Materials salvaged from these shelters, especially the bushwhack site, were in a good state of preservation. Um, I have a painting on the website by Steve Miller in the extras, which is his interpretation of the bushwhack site. And I have included um, all of that. There's even um, like his explanation of uh, a paper he wrote about um, his painting. I've included all of that on our, um, on our page. Um, anyway, so Later, archaeological work was accomplished in the general Bluff Dweller area of northwest Arkansas, northeast Oklahoma, and southwest Missouri by field crews from the state universities. A note of urgency was injected into the archaeological picture when plans were announced for the building of Table Rock Dam, which would put valuable archaeological sites underwater. Quick action preceding the construction of the big dams resulted in significant discoveries of artifacts by the University of Missouri in the Table Rock Basin and by the University of Arkansas to the south. Mr. Morris has several pictures in his museum documenting this time. It's like the first thing you see when you walk in or 
the arrowhead collections and the tools and the pottery and he has clothing and war vests and um he has the uh the baby like backboards the the tattoos like, is that what you call them I guess. Um, he has several of those. He has toys. Like they would make um dolls and the dolls had the little papooses. It was just it's it's really very neat. Hmm. Anyway, um one such site that uh, came from the Table Rock Basin was the Jakey Shelter excavation. And I have included pictures of that dig. And they were also like when I was um, doing research for this topic, I recognized the pictures from the Jakey Shelter dig that I had seen at this museum. So anyway, um. So these family, small family groups um, of Native Americans were known as bluff dwellers because they often sheltered in caves or under bluffs by streams. They were gradually shifting from a nomadic lifestyle to one more settled as they learned the art of agriculture. They gathered greens, seeds, fruits, nuts, roots, and mushrooms. They hunted eggs, insects, small animals, and fish, as well as big game. These were the people who originally explored Bluff Dwellers Cave thousands of years prior to Arthur Browning's discovery in 1925. So who were the Bluff Dwellers? Who used these shelters? Well, I found some information from the University of Arkansas uh, um, of their archaeology department. And this is their interpretation. This is what they wrote about who they um, have discovered the bluff uh, dwellers to be what most people are expecting as an answer to the question of who are the bluff dwellers is a tribal name but this can be difficult we can possibly put a name to some of the more recent occupants of the region but further back into the past this becomes difficult there are at least nine thousand years of history in the ozark bluff shelters with no written account before 1541 the trauma of European contact, along with the expected cultural changes that happen to societies over time, make projecting known tribal affiliations into the more distant past problematic. So, while we can't give you tribal names for most of the past 9,000 years, archaeology... <laughs> that word is really going to be an issue tonight. Tonight? Tonight, maybe all my words are. If she passes out, you guys, I'll let you know. Oh, I've had two sips of this drink. That's it. This is just exhaustion. Uh, Archaeologists, oh my gosh, I can't say. Archaeologists, there we go, can tell you what life was like for people using the bluff shelters at different points in the past. However, there does seem to be a connection with several types tribes, such as the Cherokee, Kickapoo and Shawnee, and they have all called the Arkansas Ozarks homes in the 19th century. However, both the Osage and the Cadoo, Cadoo um, or Cado, C A D D O. What do you think? D D O. Uh, I don't, Cado. I don't know. Cado nations. So the Osage and the Cado nations, they have deeper historic roots in the Arkansas Ozarks. Um, so if you ask why this important and why we care um 
one reason the bluff shelters are so important um, is the presence of rare and usually perishable artifacts. At open or non-shelter sites, the only kind of artifacts that usually survive are made of hard materials that don't decompose quickly. Stone tools, ceramics, and sometimes bone will survive in the ground for thousands of years in many climates. What archaeologists, I want to put an L in there before it's time for an L. Archaeologists don't usually find are the softer organic materials that past peoples used as tools or food. I'm going to have to take a drink of my nasty drink because I have a tickle in my throat. Just That's okay. Moment. Can you hear Elvis screaming? Because he is at no. the door. I might murder him. Well, while you're taking a drink, I looked on the map because I knew I had heard of Knoll, Missouri, N-O-E-L. And mm -hmm. it, boy, it really is right down there in the southwest corner. It's like southwest of Pineville. Way like south right above Sulphur Springs. North, it's Sulphur Springs is south of it. Yeah, yes, across the line. Yeah, it's as close to Arkansas as you can get and it's still be in Missouri, really. Yes, that's funny. And on yeah. Google Maps too, it also shows Bluff Dwellers Cave, so. Yes, I have, a, and I have um, maps that show both of those things that I will put on the website. All right. Um, so, okay, where was I at? trying to say the archaeologist calling him i know i'm gonna start calling him indiana joneses <laughs> say that better anyway things like baskets clothing food plants cordage and hafting elements of stone tools all rot except in rare circumstances mm -hmm. either continuously wet environments like peat bogs or really dry environments like deserts can preserve soft organic perishable materials longer yeah. This is why the dry overhangs of bluff shelters are such valuable sites. I just, I just, that word is in there and I just totally X'd it out and just said sites. In a region that is often wet and typically has very poor preservation of perishable items, these shelters are particularly interesting to researchers. They are rare dry pockets that preserve perishable artifacts in an otherwise wet climate that promotes rot. Perishable materials from bluff shelter contexts help us fill in the picture of the rest of the Native American toolkit at different points in the past and teach us about foodways and the domest domestication of plants in the New World. Seriously, I'm having to stop and look at words before I can say them and like say them in my and before I say them out loud, I wrote this. I read through it. Promise. It's all right. These sites are also believed to be sacred areas. Many bluff shelter sites across the Arkansas Ozarks contain human burials. For thousands of years, Native Americans sometimes buried their dead in bluff shelters and caves in the Ozark Mountains. Large bluffs overlooking the White River came to be specifically used as mortuary houses, and the people who were interred here seemed to have a special status. Artifacts made of marine shell imported from the Gulf Coast were buried with multiple individuals in some bluffs and caves along the White River and its tributaries. These items, because they are rare in the Ozarks, are assumed to belong to people who played an important role within their society. Mm -hmm. And then there's this. 
deep in the Ozark Mountains, where authorities say that method methamphetamine epidemic is again gaining steam addicts known as wiggers tweakers who dig have been mining rock shelters and caves for anything of value possibly even skeletal remains the weird nexus between looting and meth has been noted by experts for several years especially in the pacific northwest Today, these shady characters are leaving their footprints in America's heartland. Ah, uh, meth heads. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I've I really only scratched the surface, surface on a very deep and lengthy topic. Um, I do suggest you check the extra page um, and do some investigating of your own. The University of Arkansas, the Archaeology Department, um, has so much information out there on the bluff dwellers that it is almost overwhelming um but if you have any questions I, that is a great website which of course is on our extras page um on that side there's a drop down menu that gives you shelter sites on state parks that are available to explore so there are two um at the buffalo river one is Cobb Cave, and the other mentioned is the Indian Rock House Cave. Oh, I've and, been, I've hiked that trail before. Yeah. So, you know, you don't think about, there are so many bluffs. Growing up here, you do not appreciate the history that you live around. Awesome, um, for sure. Um, so Just the, I mean, now that I think about it and I look at the pictures, um, how many of those bluff shelters have you seen in your lifetime and not gone and, and not thought anything of because that's where you live? Didn't go, oh, that's where Indians used to live or Native Americans. You know, you didn't. Except, I, you know, so Theron Holland, um, who Dina knows, and if you grew up around Forsyth, you know him too. But he was a, when I, before I was born, he was a big arrowhead hunter and the bank we you know in Forsyth used to be so small I mean it still is but there was one bank in town and the lobby was decorated with all these shadow boxes of arrowheads I mean he even made like a 50 like the United States out of arrowheads like and he 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 found those along the bluff along Swan Creek so, I mean, they were even, you know, even there. And um, yeah, and if you ever float the buffalo, I mean, the bluffs are incredible, you know, so. Well, I even think about the bluff that we used to, that we grew up on. The like, there were several, that we used to play. Um, we had that whole, those big boulders down there that I used to uh -huh. pretend were a house, but like right next to all of those there was one of those down further but down further on the bluff there was a um like a bluff shelter or outcropping um they're just everywhere so i know you anyway. don't think about that as kids but like i actually robert and i had a conversation about um you know, when you're out, or at least me, when I'm out walking, hiking, or kayaking, like really in a place where there's no road, and you know that, right? 
I always mm-hmm. think, what did this place look like when the Indians were here? You know, because yeah. it's because mm-hmm. honestly, we all know how beautiful the Ozarks are. And just imagine being some of the first people to actually see it. See yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That's good. That was really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking. I'm telling you, not that Johnny Morris needs me to PR for him. But damn, he knows what he's doing. Like, seriously, it was a good time. We had well, we had big fun. And then not well, only after people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Um then after the museum, oh, guess what? My kids are here. Can you hear my ridiculous dog? No. Um, after the museum, we went to the Buffalo Bar and had dinner which i'm just gonna say right now for that amount of money it should have been better but as the sun was setting the they have a live play bagpipes and then this gentleman in um confederate army or not confederate army union army gear come out and shoot off a canyon canyon cannon as the sun sets you gotta stop talking because you really <laughs> She's substituting words. I don't even know what she's saying anymore. Um, well, that's cool. I want to go when I come down. It is super fun, but we're not going to eat there. In for as much money as I spent, I could have gone to the poorhouse in Hollister and had better. had better food. They, I ordered a Moscow mule, and they served it to me in a highball glass. Well, At top of the rock. Copper mugs were. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yes. And then the lady, our waitress, she um we ordered our little teeny tiny portions because you know, 40 bucks for a chicken leg as big as your or a chicken breast as big as your hand. Well, the waitress misunderstood scooter and so she brought us out two chicken orders the chicken and he ordered the salmon and we looked at her and he i said that's not what he ordered and she argued with me i'm throwing down 150 bucks for dinner and you're gonna argue with me oh no you're gonna cut your your tip in half and then she never came back then she never came back because she was embarrassed because she had brought him the wrong Mm -hmm. yeah it was bad it was bad for is that much money? It was it was not good. Anyway. Well, okay. I just can found I, ice cream on my shirt. Can I? Because as I'm looking at the map, where is Bluff Dweller Cave? Right smack in the middle of the 37th parallel. So, I know. I guess I Yeah, I'm I'm still obsessed with that. That was good though. That was really good. And so now next time we all float the buffalo or any other river in the ozarks look up or let's go to the cave let's go to bluff dwellers cave it's open to the public i want to i'm looking right at it i mean i'm not looking at it right now but i'm looking at the website right now yeah um so can i okay very good thank you yeah um i want to so i was on reddit this morning and um i found uh this woman who had talked about ghost stories in the Ozarks. By the way, for you guys that are on Reddit or ever read Reddit, there is a subreddit called Ozarks with an S at the end. That is about the Ozarks. 
If you get the Ozark singular, that is about the TV show. So anyway, I was going to read you. Uh, this woman has, um, uh, it was very nice. I, I commented and said, hey, this is Ozark's Haynes and Hooch. Can I use these stories? And she said, um, yes, that she, I'm, uh, uh, we love ghost stories and we love Haynes and Hooch. Feel free to share. So I wanted to talk about one. And it's right next to, I mean, Joplin, Bluff Dweller's Cave is not far from Joplin. And so she tells us a ghost story about Joplin. So let me just really quickly read it because I think it's good. She says, many years ago, my boyfriend and I drove out to visit the Joplin spook light. We were teenagers. It was summer and it was very dark. And I have no idea if we were in the actual spook light spot. I know that's where we were going and that's where my boyfriend said we were when we got there. I remember we parked on the side of a deserted road, looked around for weird lights for a few minutes and then started making out as you do. <laughs> as you do. With the radio playing and the windows steamed up, we paused for air when we noticed a bobbing light at the end of the road. I don't remember the exact time, but it had to have been after midnight. We watched the light for a minute. It was bright white blue at the end of the road and looked like a headlight. We wondered out loud, is that a car, a motorcycle, a cop? The light sort of bobbed up and down until it was about 100 yards away from the front of the car when it suddenly shot forward towards us and seemed to change color to more of a blue-green as it flew over the hood and above the car. Well, that's enough of that, said my boyfriend. He put the car in drive while I straightened my clothes and we left for home. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I would probably leave too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's from Mac's wife, W-Y-F-E. And um, yeah, she's a regular contributor to, to the Ozark subreddit. So I thought, you know, we've done that a couple times and it's close to what you were talking about. So mm -hmm. I yeah. would share that yep. with you. Um, yep. Well, that was... I'm that sorry I wasn't able to speak coherently. Oh, no, I got it. I listened. I understood it. Yeah. Um, I'm apologizing to our listeners, not to you. Oh, you're you used to it. You know this is how I, I am. understand it or not. I think I need to be able to understand. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, well, okay. Thanks, you all. Maybe we'll be more awake next time. Um, I uh, if, when you listen to us, please leave us stars. Subscribe. Um, if you feel the um, gift-giving urge, please go become our patron because we can certainly use it. Um, we are on, all, well, we're on Facebook and Instagram. I say we're on all the social medias. That's about it because, honestly, I don't understand TikTok. Dina, yeah. but that's, yeah, one day, maybe if we can get a bunch of patrons. I don't make TikToks, though. Well, yeah, because I don't make TikToks. I just watch them. It has to be video. And if you saw my face right now, you would not want to look at it because I I just look. I'm like wiping I'm black stuff out from my eyes. Although, look, Dina, I do have a Bigfoot saw me in Missouri sweatshirt on. So I, I saw that. I noticed that. Yeah, but I uh, like it. <laughs> uh, we release on the 1st and the 15th of each month and we just want to thank you all for listening so we'll see you next yep. time
Let's say goodbye. Dina. Goodbye. <laughs> say archaeologist for us one more I time. Said goodbye. Archaeologist. See, I can say it now. Arche ar no, ar I wanted to say archaeologicalist. That's what I want to say. All right. It's not a real word. Goodbye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.